0: Hey, what's up everybody? This is DJ Dorsey.
1: And this is Maya Dorsey.
0: And this is another edition of the Dorsey Den Podcast. Okay, so check this out. We got a um, Zoom call that we're doing. And this one is actually kind of interesting. It, it, it's a different take on entrepreneurship that I thought was a good discussion that I was introduced to mm-hmm. uh, just through... Uh, we we bringing on LaShawn Lewis, and uh, we're going to talk about entrepreneurship in a different manner. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned, and let's go ahead and get to it. Okay, so we got LaShawn Lewis in the building. Well, yes, sir. Like, hailing, hailing from Texas. Um I always forget your city cuz it's outside of Dallas and there's so many Prosper. Prosper. Man. prosper. 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 Uh, That's what we doing over here, man? Prosper. <laughs> He's prospering. Hello. <laughs> so, you know, I've been introduced to a thing that is kind of outside of my realm. So, we in I think a lot of times in America we view entrepreneurship as you own your own business. You, you know, you start up a business, you hire employees, boom, you're an entrepreneur. Uh, or you just hire, you know, you're self-employed or whatever. Right. But there's another concept that I've actually been introduced to, and you we've actually kind of talked about it. Which yeah. I was like, this is actually a little bit different than what I'm used to. But I know other people that I know, not just not yourself, but I know other people that do it. And yeah. I, I don't know what you would call it, but I'm going to just call it workplace entrepreneurship
2: that's that's a good way to
0: call it okay formal name yeah we'll go with that and 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 let me let me break down my understanding and then you tell me based on your experience because i've seen i've seen you make moves
3: Hmm.
0: from what i would consider or what i've learned about a workplace entrepreneur is this person doesn't necessarily own their own company their own llc incorporation or self-employed what they do is they find a particular career path, and they build their 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 entrepreneur within that. Meaning, they ain't gonna really stay in one place too long, uh, or they're always looking for ways to advance themselves. But I know that's kind of like very short of what it really is. So. Yeah. Can- can you explain what it is? Because yeah. my, my hope is to, ex, uh, to to encourage some entrepreneurs out there that's yeah, sure. having a for job. Sure. And so, also
1: explain what you do, because I okay. think that's important, too.
0: I will,
2: I'll explain that first. So um, I am a director of operations for a medical device company. And so it sounds complicated, but the easiest way to explain is that I make sure that we make medical products in a way that uh, meets the customer's needs and expectations. Mm-hmm. along with keeping them safe that's my job in a mm-hmm. nutshell i have about uh 75 employees who report indirectly or directly through me and i have about six managers
1: mm-hmm. did you say engineer
2: did i say engineer no i don't have any engineers re- reporting to me um no you direct.
1: have a your background is engineering oh yeah absolutely yeah
2: so my undergrad is electrical engineering and then i have an mba in manufacturing engineering okay yeah So, uh, although I've never actually worked in electrical engineering, ironically enough. I've always- Isn't
1: that something?
2: It is funny, it is funny, but I think that kind of speaks to Terrence's point about entrepreneurship in the workplace. Uh, So there's really, there's there's two examples of entrepreneurship in the workplace. So one is about career advancement, which you alluded to. Um, And the idea there is that you are um, doing what you must, seeking out opportunities That are most beneficial to whatever your career aspirations are right Mm -hmm. that's no different than an entrepreneur just like yourselves who is looking for the next big thing or the next opportunity to grow the business in this Mm -hmm. instance you're trying to grow your career and then the other opportunity is entrepreneurship in your particular position and so if you think about it it's someone who is looking for the next opportunity to bring value to the organization and the customer Mm So there's, there's both instances. and what you'll find most often are those people who are entrepreneur in their careers are also entrepreneurial in the way they handle projects and uh, tasks and those sorts of things.
1: But let's break this down a little bit more. So for me, when you all say entrepreneurship in your role or in your career path, is that meaning like seeking out more promotions? um looking for how to expand yourself in your current interest industry like because like for example, like right. with education, which is my background, right. even though I have a bachelor's degree in organizational leadership, I think it's kind of more I use my bachelor's degree more now in my current job than I did right than I do my two masters right which,
0: which, which what was your um
1: bachelor's? So, So my bachelor's is in organizational leadership. Mm -hmm. So I'm a director for nonprofit. So really, that's more fitting underneath my bachelor's than it is my two masters in education and educational leadership. But for me in education, I really never saw myself, number one, going in education because I did have a bachelor's degree in organizational leadership. And I really intended to use that to go into law. But was able to enter in the education field in the charter school, and then went back to school, you know, got two masters, went into education, which is interesting because now I'm not in education directly, it's more indirect, but right. I'm going back to use my bachelor's versus my master's. so my career has grown over the last fifteen years kind of on its own so I never really paid attention to or considered it like entrepreneurship in my career path because it kind of just matriculated on its own you know it's like you go from one role as a teacher oh let's make you a coach oh you go from a coach let's make you an administrator you go from administrator oh let's go back to the nonprofit. so it's kind of like I've grown but i didn't intentionally do it so i think when you all talk about entrepreneurship in your job like really expounding on that so that people can understand like maybe how they can see themselves in their professional structure to do that
2: right right no 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 no. It's, it's 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 a valid point so when you look at what entrepreneurial what the definition is is characterized by taking a financial risk in the hope of profit right and so when you look at one's career um and we can and we can look at parallels between that and the business when you look at one's career and compare it to a business both of them have an end goal right and that's to maximize profitability
3: mm-hmm. both of
2: them. now when you look at a business they may take risks by offering a new product acquiring a new company um offering a new service in order to maximize their profitability Whereas an individual will go back to school, they'll take a different job opportunity, they'll go get a certification in order to maximize their profitability, right? And like I that's did. Done, exactly. Okay. It's a perfect example. And so what mm-hmm. you end up doing is that you're offering a service in yourself, right? You're saying Mm -hmm. that I have the ability to offer you something that the next person does and That's really what you're doing when you're selling yourself during the interview process. There's a lot of parallels Mm -hmm. uh, when you really think about it between that and being a business owner. The difference is that you don't necessarily own a business. You own your career.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. And sometimes as an entrepreneur. I like that saying. You do. I mean, but but it's it's very true. And even in Maya's instance, right? (laughs) I mean, she's moved up. And although it wasn't necessarily this mapped out path, it's just very much how you start a business. You can look at the parallels between your own DJing, right? There's opportunities Mm -hmm. that came your way, not because you were looking for them, but because your brand had spoken for itself. There's Mm -hmm. opportunities Maya was afforded because her brand, her capabilities spoke for themselves and people sought her out. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Which is very interesting because okay. My first business at 19 was being a licensed nail tech, right? Yeah. <laughs> so don't laugh at me, Lashawn. <laughs> I remember. No, I'm laughing because I remember. <laughs> yes, like that's how I hustled through college, you know. Right. That's I remember that's how that. I babe I live it in college, you know. But um I was a I'm a licensed nail tech, still have my license, but that was like my first shot at entrepreneurship. And I learned a lot from that that I didn't get in college, right? So it's just customer service, uh, making sure you purchase quality products, learning how to communicate with your clients when they're sitting in your chair to make them feel comfortable, Um, listening to people, learning how to be a good listener because people didn't Mm -hmm. have a long day and they're coming in to relax and unwind. So they're bending your ear to kind of listen to what's going on, remembering and being reflective of What happened last time? Remembering to ask about, you know, um, how's your daughter doing? You know, how's your grandmother doing? That was, you know, so like those those communication interpersonal skills that I learned um, as an entrepreneur at nineteen, I just never really thought about how they may overlap or have overlapped in my career in some sort of subliminal way that has afforded me opportunities too. So I think that's very interesting as well because I just never made that distinction between how my entrepreneurial skills may show up. Yeah, how they may Mm -hmm. show up inadvertently. So I
2: think that's what a a lot of people don't do that. So they sell themselves short. Um, So I've been been fortunate enough to interview dozens, I don't know, probably bordering hundreds of people at this point. And a lot of times people um, don't necessarily realize their value. Or how to articulate their value,
3: mm-hmm. um,
2: but a good entrepreneur, and I think this is probably the the, the subtle difference between maybe the traditional entrepreneur and, and workplace entrepreneurship. A good entrepreneur is always ready. They have that one minute elevator pitch ready, ready to go. Always they ready. they mm-hmm. ready to sell the mess out whatever product or service they're offering.
3: Mm-hmm. Whereas
2: in the workplace, that's almost discouraged because it's viewed as arrogant.
0: That's um, true. But,
2: But the reality of it is, is that you can be confident and still humble.
0: You know, Uh, that's funny that you say that. When you said um, it's almost viewed as arrogance. One thing that I've learned as an entrepreneurship is how to sell myself. Right. When I used to go to interviews, one of the dreaded questions that I hated was, tell me a little bit about yourself. (laughs) Hated that question. But Uh, what because... I do work a, you know, I do have a career and I also have my own business. When I do have to be like, when I'm in my career mode, when somebody says, tell me something about yourself, I'm ready. And I think it's me having my own DJ business has taught me how to do that. Because at first I used to look at it like, well, what am I supposed to say without looking like I'm bragging? Mm -hmm. But what I've learned is if somebody says, well, why would I hire you as a DJ? I should be able to be like, look, I'm able to do this. I've done this. I can do this for you. I'm okay. ready in every situation. So, like, even with the job, like you said, having that that one-minute elevator pitch, somebody say, well, why should I hire you? Look, I've been a project ready. manager Or oh, with this. We got this ready. many uh, projects done, and I successfully did this, da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's probably what they want to hear.
2: That's exactly, that's exactly what a hiring manager wants to hear because the reality of it is, is that you want the facts, Mm -hmm. right? You want objective evidence that somebody's able to deliver value to your organization. Mm -hmm. That's what a hiring manager is looking for. And as someone who is looking to be hired, there's nothing wrong with documenting the facts of your performance. That's what you should do.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You do it on your annual review, but that's because the company drives it, but you should do it exactly. on your own. You should list out the things. Here's what I did this year, da 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 And you should do that on a regular basis because then when you're telling somebody about it, all you're doing is stating the facts, similar to what you do with your business, right? Mm-hmm. And, I think, and I think that's where the, the paradigm kind of shifts is that people don't realize that when they're in a career, it is very much a business It's a business of them. Mm-hmm. Your responsibility is make that business as profitable and as desirable as possible. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. And that mm-hmm. means you have to know the product. That means you have to know yourself. You have, you have to understand what a, what a customer needs. Mm-hmm. You have to understand how to articulate that and you have to be ready at any time to be able to sell yourself on it.
0: Yeah. So let me ask this question. Yeah just like in, you know, the, the, the owner, the business owner that owns a business, sometimes they might be a serial entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Dang, I'm mixing that word up. Entrepreneur. Yeah. entrepreneur. They, they might be a serial entrepreneur. Don't ask me to
2: spell it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Come <laughs> on. Come I mean, on, engineer. I'm going to look for that
0: red squiggly line. <laughs> I, I didn't study English. Don't ask yeah. me.
1: Right-click.
0: Yeah, right-click, <laughs> right click. Yeah,
3: right click. Correct.
0: But, um, You got the serial entrepreneur that is like, look, I'm gonna start this business, I'm gonna get it up and running, and I'm gonna move on and collect, I'm gonna cash out, I'm gonna collect my money, and I'm gonna move to the next thing. Now, you're in management. Right. What do you think about the person that they've been in, let's just say, for instance, they've been an engineer for the past 15 years. Right. But you come across them in their resume, in their resume, they've been moving, from situation to situation or company to company every 2 to 3 years and right. i i'm not throwing you up under the bus i'm just saying it but, but, yeah i don't know i not know <laughs> if you wanted, i didn't know if you wanted that out there no 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 are you
1: are you talking theory. hypothetically yeah, like,
0: yeah, like, yeah wait, not, not hypothetically we but can i mean just literally just, i'm good either way okay cool cool so i don't know but i know you know we all know but <laughs> yeah. anywho, um but as from a manager's perspective yeah just like I said, there's a serial entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneur, what do you view that person as like, okay, you know what, I might not only have this, I might only have this person for two to three years tops,
2: yeah, based so, on their history. Right, well, so it just kind of depends, it depends on two things. It depends first and foremost on what the business needs actually are, mm-hmm. right? So it's on the responsibility of the hiring manager to really know what they need.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And not just high level, right? You don't wanna just say, I'm hiring for an engineer, I don't wanna just say, I just need an engineer what kind of engineer? I mean, mechanical, electrical, industrial, chemical, computer, and then to that level, what do you need them to do,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right? And so when you understand that, and when I say what you need them to do, it's not just the task, but it's also the emotional intelligence and the soft mm-hmm. skills of what you need them to do, mm-hmm. right? That plays, That does play a big factor. In
1: Huge that. role.
2: Exactly. So once you understand what you need, then the next aspect of it is, um, Have they been moving to move up or have they been moving to dodge an issue? And a resume tells the story pretty pretty well. Mm -hmm. If you've you've interviewed a lot of people, hire a lot of people, it tells the story pretty well. If somebody moves around every two to three years, but the job position doesn't change, if they stay at engineer one, for example, but they've had three engineering one positions that they've been at for two to three years, Mm -hmm. it likely means that they're the problem.
1: Mm It's a plague. But if
2: if they've moved up, each time that they moved around, what that means is that they were able to establish value where they were nine times out of 10. Mm-hmm. They challenged the organization to compensate them for that value. The organization wouldn't. So they made the decision to go somewhere else where that value was realized.
0: So that actually is more attractive to you if it's they're moving up.
2: It's not necessarily attractive or unattractive. Right. It, mm-hmm. it just depends on the need. It's very specific to the needs. I see what
0: you're saying.
2: You can have an engineer and there's different levels of engineer. You have engineer one, engineer two, senior engineer one, senior engineer two. We use that just just for the sake of explaining. If you have somebody who stays at the same company, in the same role but they start off as an engineer one and make their way to a senior engineer two which is the highest level or, or mm-hmm. even a principal engineer and you need that's the position that you need to feel that's just as acceptable mm-hmm. because what you're asking for is their experience and expertise mm-hmm. if you have somebody who's at the same position but they've done it by jumping across three different companies that's acceptable too because they have the expertise mm-hmm. that's what becomes important that the hiring manager knows what they want if they don't know what they want they could easily be uh, blindsided by a uh, employee who doesn't have the appropriate experience and they end up being a problem when they hire them.
1: That's interesting because, you know, like my father is one of those um, senior people now. He's a senior um, that was afforded. You mean the senior as an age or
0: senior as in? Child. I knew you were going to say that. Man. Age, I already, I already felt age. It he's senior, I felt it my, my father.
1: <laughs> he gets graduated from high school like no seriously. i have to, I, I don't think my pe- father yeah
0: but you, we were talking about senior management okay yeah
1: i, I didn't let know. me clarify but okay. Sean bear with me you know what i you know what i'm doing i do with, okay? all too real okay so anyway that was a real question. my father okay he is one of those that is now in his 60s that gets to enjoy his retirement he worked 30 really? years on the nose he came from ohio state and got a job right here in, right there in Cincinnati. He worked for the city of Cincinnati. He retired at like 58. He's done, right? Right. So when I talk to him about changing jobs or um, advancing, he's one of those baby boomers that's very cautious. Like, that's not good. You need to stick with one job. That doesn't look good. You need to make. And so I'm like, daddy, this is a different time. This is mm-hmm. a different world, and I know that's what you're accustomed to, and that's how you grew up. But
0: that's a good perspective. This is
1: different, you know, and so people are not. I'm in a retirement system. I'm fortunate enough to be in a retirement system, even with my current role, right? Good. So I still have 15 years that's vested into a retirement system. Um, I could technically retire in five years, technically. But his thing is that's very important for him that I'm in some sort of system. That I can retire out of, even right. though it's. It, and I guess you know, Terrence, we talked about it the other day about um, what do you say positioning? You know how our parents should have, like my dad could have positioned yeah. me to yeah. take over a family business or position me to carry on some sort of or like us, professional legacy or, or whatever. Us positioning our children. It's yeah, good. but yeah. it came from a conversation where I was like, my dad is, you know, pretty well off, right? And right. Right. it would have been nice for me to be able to take over something versus going out here making my own path, which, you know, amen, I was able to do, I'm doing, right? But it's also thinking about this generation being our kids and how challenging life is and how life is going to continue to be. College is expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, Not really pushing our kids towards the path of college necessarily, but maybe pushing them towards some sort of workforce development or some sort of career tech program while they're in high school so they can come out with some sort of skill
0: and maybe go to college later
1: and maybe go to college later. But really instead of just saying you graduate from high school and you go to college and you figure it out, which is kind of what I did, right? I was able to land on my feet, but technically it would have been nice for me to be able to take over something and figure it out. So that's the difference between my parents group, which many of our listeners may have the same demographic appearance. And where we are and where our kids are. Like, if you look at where our kids are and where our parents were, it's a huge difference. It is very different. In career path, you know? Right. So, that's when you say it doesn't look bad. I guess that's my point. That's interesting because how we were brought up is... It does look bad. You stick to one job. You yeah. stick with it. Yeah. You work it until right. you can't work no more. You do everything you they can. They will work
0: thirty years on one job. At yeah,
1: time. and and right. whether you yeah. get a raise yeah. or not, whether you get a raise, a recognition, a job change, anything, it's like it doesn't matter. You stick to it because that's stability. That's a good.
2: Yeah, no, no. To, and to your point, it's changed, right? The the industries, all industries have changed because the generation that's come up next, uh, millennials, um, which. I know I know me and Terrence fall into
0: uh millennials 81 not
1: me. 81
0: and above. <laughs> Not me. You the <laughs> <laughs> But but
2: but millennials, right? They they their desire and what they want for themselves are different. And right. so now that baby boomers are retiring in droves, I don't think it's something like 10 or fifty thousand a day. is some insane number. But as they retire, um, hiring managers are realizing that millennials experience and expertise is very different. A lot of millennials have now experienced two great um, financial crises in mm-hmm. their lifetime and in their mm-hmm. work, the older millennials in their work lifetime. Yep. And so by by just, and you guys can both attest to this, you mentioned a lot on your podcast, um, by force, millennials oftentimes have to take different kinds of jobs, either because of layoff, either because the company is closed outright either because the business is relocated, and that wasn't the norm for baby boomers. Businesses mm-hmm. oftentimes stayed in the same place for a long period of time. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a different era, but I but I, to the question or to the point that you made, would it really be better if your parents or if your dad in particular has something to pass down to you for you to run? And hold on, before you answer, who for thought? if your dad had a business that he was running for years and years and years and he grew up in that business and the expectation was that you're going to take that business over would you feel like you would had to do it because you want to do it or because you had to do it because i see a lot of parallels between passing on generational business running or business leadership mm-hmm. to, to a church mm-hmm. right a parent runs a church starts up a church and the expectation is that the firstborn is going to take the church over but mm-hmm. the firstborn is seeing the the good the bad and the ugly of it mm-hmm. and so
0: they choose a different
2: opportunity, when the opportunity presents itself although it looks good on paper the reality of it is is that it may not be their dream and now they're forced into it.
3: Mm-hmm. and
2: so i think i think when those kind of events happen it's, it's an opportunity for someone to look at being an entrepreneur in their career. Because then they can pursue something they have interest in, they have aspirations in, but then add value to it.
1: So, I mean, I think for me, it's it would just would have been nice to have the option. And I, the reason why I say that is because I've worked since I was 14. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned a Yeah, I learned a lot about myself working young. Like our kids don't, nowadays, they don't even let kids work at 14. I think McDonald's let some work at 15, 16, something like that. But Mm. I was working at 14. And so I was, like I said, I landed on my feet. But when I left to go to college, this is a true story. I'm glad you brought this up. So when I left to go to college, I had my nail license when I graduated high school. I got my nail license like two months before I graduated high school, right? My sister and her husband owned a salon. They, back in the day, because this is before wigs and all of that, they was booming. Natural hair was booming, right? Right, right, They were making great money living well. And I thought to myself, like, maybe I should just do nails in my sister's shop, you know, for a year or so and see if I can get my own business off the ground. But I couldn't because five months later, school was starting. You know, I started right Wright State. And my dad was like, you're going to school, college, period. That's it. Right. So when I told my dad, like, well, I really want to be an attorney, he wasn't, like, resistant to that idea. But he felt like undergrad, I should go to right State to go to school for computer engineering, right? So he's like, that's how you're going to make money. That's a good career. You can make good money. Go to school for engineering. So I go in as a MIS major, management information systems mm-hmm. major and hated it every single day. Hated it. Yep. Okay? Because my natural <laughs> <laughs> my natural um ability academically is writing and history. Okay? Right. So I can I could write my butt off in high school and I really appreciate it and value economics, politics and history, mm-hmm. which again was leaning me towards law mm-hmm. so i'm in school hated it and then because i was two years in i felt I'm, I'm the type of person i don't start something and don't finish it so i felt like i need to come up with something so that's where organizational leadership came in like right. i can take all my credits transfer it over here to this degree and get this degree but my point is had my father had a business or even my mother, my sister had a business, right? But it just wasn't valued enough to be like, yeah, do that with your sister, right? Right. Because back then it wasn't appreciated like it is now, like, that's a real job. Yeah, right, like, get you a real job with some benefits and some retirement, right? Right, right, right. So I, I, I think I had to figure it out while I was in school. And luckily I did, but let's just think about these young people who go to school trying to figure it out, wasting time and money, coming back home from school because it's like, I hate college. Right.
2: right. So
1: I just wish, whether I liked it or not, I just think, I guess wish it was an option. For example, my last point, when it comes to Terrence being a DJ, and I talked to him about this, our son is very much into technology naturally Mm -hmm. you know that since he was like two years old he has a natural (laughs) gravitation to technology right and so i'm like babe you know when can he start going with you and doing gigs and stuff because i think he'll pick it up very quickly now that does not mean in the next five six years noah's going to even be interested in djing but that option is available to him because that is a space that he's currently naturally kind of prone to that Terrence can create that path. Doesn't mean he doesn't say, I'm not doing that. I'm about to go be uh, on my own construction business. You know what I mean? But it's just, I think for us black people, we see it a lot with like white families, you know, affluent families where you have an option. And I just think when it comes to the African-American community, and that's, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of, of supporting small businesses, particularly black businesses, is because we don't really have that to pass down to our kids. So yeah. it's just nice to just have the option, even if they decide to go differently. At right. least you know this path is available. I'd be trying right. Start, like right? But, uh, yeah. they, they blow it a lot. Sorry. Here he go. Don't start. <laughs> but but
2: you, you know what? I... I get wanting to have options I guess I never my, and my parents have owned a business some on grander scale some on smaller scales none of which they've been able to pass down uh, to my brother and I but I I've never thought I didn't have options right I, I think I think the thought that you don't have options is a limitation of what one thinks of themselves and I think if you think highly of yourself and what you can do I think the options are limitless you just have to make up in your mind what is it that I want to do what what is it why do I want to do it because whatever that why is it's going to drive you and it kind of goes back to what you were mentioning about going to school right the why to be to go to school from uh, uh, MIS wasn't wasn't it didn't exist for you so you had no drive to do it right your drive was in law right and eventually uh, organizational leadership. But because you had the why behind why you wanted to get into organizational leadership, it allowed you to pursue it. So I think the first thing is understand what you want to do and then the why behind it. And then but when I
1: didn't you- have a why. Even with organizational leadership, I felt forced to do it because I had to complete something. So as you see, I didn't even know what to do with it when I came out of school. Yeah. I was just blessed enough to be able to have a network. That I was able to call up and say, "Hey, uh, right. I just finished school. Do you got a job?" And right. was able to feel my way through um, until I landed in education. Then I was like, "Oh, this is it." Right, you know. No, but, I got you. Yeah. I, so we, I, I mean, I, I guess. And then I built upon that, that, yeah.
2: Right. We've had that conversation a lot with Jalen, um, and so what what advice we gave him. Jay it, which is your son. It's just that find out what you what you love, find out why you love it and pursue that. It doesn't have to be college. Joy and I have both gone to college. Um so we're not at we're not um against going to it, but we want him to have the option. And then once we help identify his why through giving him different experiences and identify what mm-hmm. different experiences then what we followed up with was okay, this is what you want to do us as parents with the best capability, network, and all that we have, what can we do to help you to achieve it? And I think that's as much of a legacy as it is passing on a business, because you're passing on knowledge, you're passing on experience, you're passing on expertise. And so we helped him develop a plan for what he wanted to accomplish in a way that's not going to cost him a lot of money, if any money. uh, He wants to be a physical therapist. That's not going to cost him any money or Little money as a result of it, and I think that's just as powerful as entrepreneurship or having. Can you a tell
1: people why that's not going to cost him any money? Because oh, they trying sure, to figure sure, out sure. how, how sure. he going for free. <laughs> yeah. so,
2: first, so first, and foremost, uh, we ain't paying for his education, uh, and I said we ain't. Uh, we ain't paying for his education. We made that decision up some time ago for a lot of reasons. One, um, because it costs, uh, too much. Uh, it, it costs too much. Yeah, it cost too much. Uh, but then the other reason is because we both agreed that if we ended up paying for any of our children's or all of our children's education, that they wouldn't value it.
3: Mm-hmm. So we
2: made a commitment that we weren't going to save up money, and we've had the opportunity to to save up money for their education. Now I know a lot of people disagree, and that's fine. And we've helped Jalen out along the way. Don't get me wrong, but that's the decision that, that uh, Joy and I have made.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but. When he made the decision to be physical therapy, we then, we then pushed him directions that were less expensive. So the first thing that we pushed him towards um, was going to a community college, right? Because community colleges, Cheaper. if you find out that you don't like it, even if you got to get a loan for it, they're less expensive. They're less expensive mistakes than going to a four-year university. Yeah, it's like putting your so toe in you
0: the money. water a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And if, and if you find out that you don't like something, you can I mean, you can easily change. I mean, Sinclair University, I mean, Sinclair University, Sinclair Community College. It feel Sinclair. like a
1: university. It does.
2: Yeah. I was just about to say that, Maya. But, but for, all, for all the jokes that people make about it in Dayton, Sinclair is an Sinclair amazing college.
1: It's, it's a great good. program. It is. That is
2: inexpensive and gives you the option to learn. And they are, offer so many varieties of programs that you can figure it out. And they easily trans, uh, transfer to different programs. But that said, enough, enough of uh, free promotion with Sinclair. Uh, OK. We, we told him about going to a community college. And then, well, I think we've all taken classes. I've taken several classes.
1: I have to For right I, state, I, I, because I, it transfers right on oh, over to right
2: That's side. right. That's right. And so um, we so we made, we made pushed him in that direction. And then we also made it clear that we weren't going to help pay for his education. So we didn't want to have set that false expectation. Um, and then, and then the last thing that we did is that we tried to find viable alternatives. The first was gonna be a track scholarship. Unfortunately, he was on the cusp of a breakout year and then COVID-19 happened, so he missed out on that opportunity. And so we always kept in, our, in his back pocket going to the military in some shape, form or fashion. We made him take his ASVAB test before the season started and then COVID-19 happened. And so because of that, what he'll end up doing, he's gonna be a Texas National Guard. Uh, he's gonna be a parachute rigger. And because of that, uh, they'll give him about $9,000 a year for um, undergrad, that's federal monies, and then about $5,000 a year for state monies.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: so uh, if he starts off at a community college and uses the smaller amount of money, um, keep it in mind, Jenna's gonna be in school for about six to eight years. Um, he uses that small amount of money, he won't have to pay for it. He won't have to pay right. for his education. Mm-hmm. And then when he transfers to a bigger college, once he's done with his two years, um, there's a school that has really good in-state tuition. He'll go there and it'll be covered. All he'll have to cover is his room and board. And so mm-hmm. we've already agreed that we'll help him out with that um, uh, sometimes because you don't want him to get too dependent on us. And then right. he'll also, he'll also get a monthly allowance from the military that he'll be able to use for. It. Mm-hmm. But we but we pointed him in that direction because. Yeah. Because we knew that we weren't going to pay for it. We, we made that very clear. And so it was up to him to get scholarships. It was up mm-hmm. to him to uh, find different options. But we helped him formulate that plan.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and,
2: but that comes from our own experiences. And because we've done that, I think I think we have now set up a legacy, if you will, for him to be able to now go to college for free and then start off with a better start than we have.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I was sitting up here thinking about something, kind of circling back to what Maya was saying about um, in a sense having something to pass down that's one I I got two points to make one about passing something down and then two I'll start with two when we think about entrepreneurship the the matter of fact is everybody is not cut out to run a business Mm -hmm. it is the truth everybody is not cut out to be a business and as Maya said a few minutes ago like back in the 90s can you still hear me? I can
2: hear
0: you. Oh, Okay. It, it got kids, quiet. It's back in the house. Got, oh, you went on mute for a second. It
2: <laughs> did get quiet. It got uh-huh. quiet.
0: I was like, what just happened? But um, yeah, so what happened is a lot of people are just not cut out to um, run a business. So I think in today's time, it looks like being an entrepreneur is the sexy. Mm-hmm. is the is the it's sexy? Glamorous. yeah, it's very glamorous, but mm-hmm. everybody's not cut out to be an entrepreneur, which is why i'm glad we're having this conversation because you can't be an entrepreneur within the workplace or you know building your career mm-hmm. absolutely and and then the second but the first point that I was saying um about passing something down while you was talking, I was sitting up here thinking my um the word nepotism came to mind
3: mm-hmm.
0: and right. I think maybe, and this is kind of like I, I'm I'm this is like a open, I'm thinking about it as I'm talking. It's kind of like a question. Like for instance, I can pass down what I do to my kids. Hey, I built this company up, you know, I got now I got a, a a video and audio division, and we don't just offer DJing. We got this, you know, we built up a real estate company, yada, yada, yada. We could easily pass that down. Right. But like you said, some of them might not want to go into that field.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right.
0: Or the person that's not, like, for instance, you don't own your own company. Right. But you hold a position. Right. And you're in a position to say, hey, I know you're looking for this particular skill. My daughter, Samara, or my son, Sean, or my son, Jalen, they can fulfill that need. Right. Based off of your word because you're in position
3: mm-hmm.
0: and yeah. your name rings good with that particular company or your particular your network, contact you your, within network. your network, boom, nepotism, oh. they're in. Because Absolutely. and oh if I was if I was in church, I'd be like, oh thank you, Lord for that revelation. But no, uh,
1: Can you stay focused, you, sir? Um, no, but thank the other I God. think I think,
0: yeah, thank, hey, thank you. Lord, no, <laughs> no, I think I think it boils down to what they say, the, the, the saying that was back in the day, even in our parents' time was, it's not what you know.
1: It's who you know. It's
0: who you know.
1: Yeah, network. Oh yeah,
0: ab- absolutely. Yeah, nepotism,
2: it, it, it runs rampant. It's always going to exist. Um, and I think I am very thankful that God's placed me in the positions that he's placed me in because I can say confidently, when I am looking for candidates, I care about the integrity and the attributes of what the person delivers and I could care less about whether or not they're friends or family. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, the reason why that becomes important is because, to your point, in the African American community, we haven't been in positions of power decision making in a lot of corporations to give ourselves the opportunity. Mm-hmm. But in my position, and I don't favor black people over and over race. I make that very clear. Mm-hmm. What I do, what I do favor is experience and the ability to grow within an organization. I could care less than what somebody looks like, mm-hmm. and so I've been very fortunate to be able to hire people of all ethnicities: black, mm-hmm. Hispanic, Asian, white, male, female. You name it, I've hired all of them. And and in lots of instances, when I hire people, especially black people. Uh, if they leave the organization, it's always thank you for
0: giving me this opportunity. I
1: wouldn't, right? Because they know that the next opportunity wouldn't exist without it.
0: But yeah. let me, right. but and, and it's not even just about, you know, hiring a black person or somebody that's within your own race, but just even as a manager, you probably do how, how, how strong is a referral?
1: Yeah, I was gonna ask that. So how, if you know people want to,
0: and it could be from one of your, you know, employees that are Indian or, it uh, is. As, as so you, it, it doesn't
2: matter. So, so, Similar to hiring, similar with it's the same for the furlough process. It's all based on the integrity and the performance of the person. If somebody recommends uh, uh, a family member or a friend or whomever, um, and that person is a bad performer at bad performer at work, I'm say thank you, appreciate it. We're just gonna slide this up under uh, uh, the cabinet. We're gonna move on to somebody else. Mm -hmm. But if that person is a
0: within the first ninety days of your employment.
2: (laughs) right but if that person who's making the referral is reputable respected and has high performance then i then i value their opinion mm-hmm. and so if they have a recommendation i know that they are not just not just banking on that person's past performance but they're putting their name on the line and they're not going to put themselves in harm's way i will i will bump them up to the top of the list absolutely for the interview not for the job yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So I have a question because yeah. I I have been in positions of leadership too and I've been able to hire maybe three people I know in different roles and they've done well. I mean people yeah. have been very appreciative of it. But let's just say you have an employee let's just say I'm a listener right now and I'm like, huh, you know, let me explore this idea of entrepreneurship in my career field. And, you know, the question is is how do you approach that with your supervisor or your leader? Because, like, fortunate, I'm going to say for me, for example, my leader, a couple leaders ago, because I haven't had all great leaders, let's just be clear, yeah, but I had, true. hello, I had one that was really, um, she really saw my value, and right. she pushed me, right? And so, right. I was like, I'm just going to stay teaching. She was like, no, you're going to come out that classroom because you got other skills that you need to utilize, right? So, I appreciate her seeing something in me and investing in me professionally. And she, ca- she texted me about three months ago and was like, I heard you're doing great things. So right. good, you know, good for you. But yeah. what about the person who? How do you navigate this? I'm interested in trying to be an entrepreneur in my field, but I might have a boss that may see this as a threat or may see this as like, they don't really want to be here. They're not really committed or they're being greedy and they just got a promotion. You know what I mean? Like, say, for example, for me, I'm a director for my nonprofit and, you know, I want to be an executive director, right? Right because I am a person of color and there has not been an ED of color in my nonprofit right, right so right. I would love to be able to what's the ED exactly executive executive director
0: right she uses so many things. So I'm many, sorry. So many, now that she got this
2: new job, she'll be speaking my language all the time. i like, okay, yeah. I'm
0: right, right. <laughs> like,
1: LaShawn, I got a question. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> everybody that's listening. And we, we do that on this podcast several times. Like, everybody that's listening and in your field. So you got to break it down. Oh,
1: sorry, executive director. So, yeah. for you know, but my, but my leaders have understood that dynamic. They have understood that ambition, right? But right. I have not had, over the last 15 years, all of my leaders that really were appreciative of that or right. you know, wouldn't take offense of that. So, like, how do, how do you, you know, I guess, recommend, what do you recommend for people to do and have those conversations with their leadership? And if those conversations don't go well and they're like, no, I want you to be here and you're just going to stay here because you do this job very well. You watch right. the door very well and you're going to keep being the door watcher. Right. So how do people grow right. out of that?
2: Right. Nope. Nope. It's a common question, especially when people find out how how quickly I've moved up and moved around.
3: Yeah, so, same. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so the, the first thing, kind of going back to what do you want and why do you want it? But that, that goes without saying you want to be the executive director in this instance. Well, then the next thing I would advise anybody is to then assess who the executive directors are in that organization. So whatever the job is assessing the people who are at that position. And when I say assess, look at their academic background, look at their experience background. With tools like LinkedIn, you can find this stuff by you know, blink of an eye, practically. Mm-hmm. Look at their academic background, their work experience, look at those different things. And then if you're diligent and you look at multiple people, you can then find commonalities. You can find mm-hmm. commonalities in what they went to school for. You can find commonalities in the amount of experience that they've had. You can find commonalities and um, how long they've had that experience. You can find those things if you're diligent. When you find those things, and you, you should um, then be very honest and introspective with yourself and say, hey, when I look at what these people have all accomplished and that they've done and the time for that they've done it, can I do this? Is this something that I truly want to do and I'm capable of doing?
3: Mm-hmm. If
2: at that point in time, the answer is yes. Um, what I would challenge anybody to do is to sit down with their manager set up 30 minutes to an hour depending on where you work it may only be 15 minutes but schedule time and when you schedule the time be very clear in what that time is intended for because some managers like to talk and they'll take over the meeting and so you mm-hmm. want to have an agenda laid out and so you set up this time and the goal of this agenda is to say what are the next steps for whoever this person may be mm-hmm. and then you want to make sure that you know exactly what you want to do. You want to make sure you know exactly why you want to do it. You want to be able to articulate the experiences that you have currently that you can that uh, fit into that position. You also want to be able to identify the experiences that you don't have. And you ask them, this is what I want to do. Here's why I want to do it. These are experiences I need to have. What can we do to give me those experiences?
3: Mm-hmm. A good manager,
2: um, it sounds like some of the more recent ones that you have, Maya, will say, okay, well, let's mm-hmm. see what we can do right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a bad manager would be
0: like, yeah, I don't think that's a good fit for you.
2: Uh, I don't even necessarily say that's a bad manager. Maybe somebody's being honest with you. Uh, uh, but a lot of bad managers may try to pigeonhole you and keep you in that position.
1: Autocratic leaders, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah that yeah. feel like, no, <laughs> you're going to help me and you're going to help me look good, you know, versus mm-hmm. making you look good you know, in return. So, yeah. I think a
0: true leader knows, like, they just want to get to the place where they get good people on their team that's going to, you know, overall make them look good, Mm -hmm. you know. And then as a leader, you go, shoot, I want to get away from the work. (laughs) Right. And so, no, but it's it's
2: funny you say that, right? So that was actually the last piece of it, is that um, once, if you have a good leader, they give you guidance. Let's assume a positive path. They say, okay, these are the things that you need to do you always want to be preparing somebody to take your role.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I am so grateful that God gave me that knowledge
3: very early
2: on because it has allowed me to move. Because when I've moved within organizations, the first question they ask, so who's going to do your job? Who's your replacement? That's the first question they ask when you want another opportunity, uh, if you request it or if they consider you for it. And if you've been preparing someone, you can say, it's Bob. Mm-hmm. Bob, Bob can do everything I've been doing. See, Bob does da 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 da, and it makes it very easy um, to explain it. His, his his name is Robert. Robert. Sorry, Robert. I can't. <laughs> so 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 if 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 they want to work with you now, if they don't want to work with you, I'm the last person you want to ask about that because if they don't want to work you work with you, you know my policy. I'm out. Like I don't. I, we ain't got to We ain't got to talk about it. Deuces. I'm out. If you ain't gonna put no respect on my check, I'm out. I'm gone. I don't got nothing about it. I'm out.
1: I got two more points, real quick, babe. Mm-hmm. So, so you're thirteen dollars. Anywho, so for for me, when I when I got asked, because I you know I got asked to go into the role that I'm in now. I was
0: gonna say you got some what,
1: dude. It's <laughs> time for you to go to bed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is, I guess it is late for y'all huh? it is
1: for him you know how he get at night about to get <laughs> like, slap happy I had to thought to thinking about it like, you got go, what ask- okay <laughs> okay <laughs> anywho yeah. I got asked to be in this role right if I would be interested in going into this role well right my leadership understood that while I have certain experiences, I can leverage my experiences even more by going back to school and getting a certification that I got over the summer from Cornell. Right. right?
3: Right.
1: So that, and then what they said was, you can use this in your role, but this is also something that you can use in the future for your resume.
3: Right.
1: I thought that was powerful because it wasn't like now we, you, now we got this, certification for you now you stay here it was like no like when you go off in the future this is something that you can take with you and i thought that was a true defining moment of a leader and it also models for me like when you get to senior management like that and you're at the top to offer those opportunities and you know what i find is in my experience when my leaders are at the cusp of retirement it's like they want to pass down their knowledge
0: and so a, a threat
1: and it's not a threat. so it's not like we in competition with each other because it's yep. like I'm at the top of my game, I'm about to make an exit. I'm gonna lead this to the young folks here. this is what you need to do. I'm gonna hit you to the script. this is what you do. A the blueprint yep. yeah. and yep. so I think that has been beneficial for me. Yeah. The other point I want to make is not being afraid when you're when you want to be an entrepreneur in your role, not being afraid to ask for your money because I think people get so complacent with whatever they offer me is what I need to take. Yeah. And so I have a girlfriend that is a, um, like a VP of a, um, insurance company, right? Health insurance company. And she hires all kinds of people and all of that. And she told me a few years ago, she said, listen, she said, black people in particular, she said, I see this, they do not challenge the pay. Mm -hmm. but other races of people do and they'll come in with a whole list I need moving expenses I need um, this amount of money in my 401k I need six weeks of vacation all of that and she said ask for what you want because they have a budget that makes
0: makes me wonder like where does that learning come from
2: I'll 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 share my experience in a second but I'll let my
1: (laughs) So Right. So, you know, she said, let's just say the position is offering 80000 She was like, ask for ninety, because you best believe they budgeted past eighty, mm-hmm. So they got some more money. So ask for it. And so I've done that probably the last two jobs that I've had. And it's interesting because it does work. You know, yeah. you have to ask for what you want and don't settle and be like, well, that's how much they paying. So that's just what I'm going to take no you have to ask for what you want and you'll be surprised that you might just get it plus some stuff
0: right no no that is open for a whole nother thing but go ahead go ahead no
2: you're right so um i fall into the category i have historically more often than not uh like the vp that you mentioned does i rarely negotiate my salary um, as I have moved up, I negotiated more, I pushed for a lot more things, so much so there was an opportunity that I turned down because of how heavy I was negotiating. Uh, we talked about that a little bit, we'll talk about it, yeah, we we'll talked about it a little bit. And so um, what what I think the challenge is, and I, and I would recommend to anybody, is to um, don't tie your worth to a dollar amount,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right? Because what happens, and I, I'm speaking from personal experience. They will give you more money than you ever thought that you would get in this position. Now, to you, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. For the position, it's not a lot. It's not. But because we don't, um, because money isn't often discussed, and because there are so few uh, people that we have in our network that we can ask those questions of, what's a reasonable amount of money for this position? Because we don't have that network of people who are that level in the organization, we take it. Mm -hmm. We take it um and so as i have been exposed and i've been very blessed and fortunate to have some leaders who were transparent with me when it came to my salary as i have moved up i challenge more now some things i don't challenge some things I do challenge because when you understand how the compensation works in a big in an organization there's actually some benefits to being on the lower end if you're a high performer but that's a whole nother story Mm -hmm. another podcast Michael, shoot me an email we can talk about it but um I I personally struggle with that, but I would challenge anybody to Maya's point. Don't associate your value with a dollar amount. Associate your value with your capability, and ask for what you want.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, if they say that they can't give you what you want, and you push, and they still can't give you what you want, if you really want the position, accept it. Mm-hmm. But uh, but 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 that doesn't mean you go in there accepting whatever they decide to give you. For
3: mm-hmm.
1: sure.
2: There's more always, there's always more
1: room. There's always more money somewhere.
0: Always. always. Yeah, this, this 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 will probably have to go into another part too because I'm thinking about pros and cons about being an entrepreneur, like owning your own company versus being an entrepreneur within the uh, workforce because my mind immediately went to, if they're trying to hire me and they're saying they're going to give me 80 and I want 90, am I in a position to walk away from it? Versus when I, you know, out here, you know, uh, the, the other side of it being an entrepreneur with your own company, a lot of times you got a few things working,
1: but they're not going to, it's not about you walking away from it either. So, by the time you get to the conversation around money, they probably have made you an offer. They want so, it. at the end of the day, they may just say, We don't have it in our budget to give you, mm-hmm. however, we can talk about this again in six months to a year and talk about bonuses or future raises but it's not you you wouldn't necessarily be at the point where if you don't take it then you don't have the job because they're at that point well you don't ask for money up front but by the time they ask give you an offer that's when you can start talking dollars yeah yeah, because they they want want you they, they
0: want you they want you you have
2: lots of leverage for sure
0: yeah man so check this out this it's funny that we're having this conversation and I think, I, I just thought about a story that back in 05, about 04 really go back a little bit further I started reading the book that everybody knows what this book is when I say it That made Rich me... kid, poor kid oh, See, you don't even know the book, it's Rich Dad, Poor Dad <laughs>
1: You know what I was talking about. Yeah,
0: you didn't know what you was talking about, though. Shut up. Rich kid, poor kid. But um, Robert
1: Kiyosaki, how yeah, about that?
0: You know, I read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I think a lot of us has read it. And I remember thinking back then, this is when I left my job to go full-time commission, my first sales God. job. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, I know you remember. The peanut butter and
1: jelly days. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But I just, I remember thinking to having this mentality because Robert Kiyosaki really pushed it, which was entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship. But he also came out with a book called Cash Flow Quadrant, too, that was like, you know, which quadrant are you in? You could be in multiple quadrants, meaning you're either self-employed, you're employed, you're an investor. And I forgot what the other one was. Um, Come you, on, scholar. Well, this is his book. but. um, I think the one thing that's not really pushed because now we look at entrepreneurship as a sexy so much. Yeah. Is, you know, being able to find something that you love and work in it too. Mm. Right. You don't, you don't have to own it. Uh, and I don't know if you tuned in, I'm listening to this battle right now. That's making me scratch my head a little bit. Cause I think it's a little, this is my first time really saying something like out loud. Kind, of, I ain't gonna say against Charlemagne. Um, Joe Budden and Charlotte Mann are kind of like going yeah, at it. Is. Have you been? Have you been watching that? I'm just, I've been keeping up with it a little bit, not a lot, not a lot. And, and, and what's been all, going
1: back and forth about? Well, basically, Joe Budden. Following.
0: Joe Budden has a podcast, and it's with yeah. Spotify. Mm-hmm. Well, I
1: thought
0: he was leaving Spotify. Well, yeah, he is leaving Spot. Well, he, I think he actually just left. Yeah, he's uh, he's talking about ownership, like, you know, they wasn't offering enough, and he's like, ownership. And then Charlamagne is like, yo, I work for iHeart, and we just did a partnership, and yada, yada, yada. So there's this ownership versus partnership. partnership. Mm -hmm. And I think we look at ownership, like, some people are like, yo, I'd rather rent my home than own it, Mm -hmm. you know, um, so I think, I think we have to look at both sides, which is the reason why I love talking about having this conversation because right. there's always two sides because everybody's not built for ownership. Some yeah, people say, like, I, I don't want the headache of fixing the toilet or I don't want the headache of doing my own marketing. So I'll partner with somebody.
1: It's the same thing with leasing a car versus buying it. You know what yeah, I mean? It's I mean, all it's, about preference. It's really.
0: all about preference and what <laughs> works best for your lifestyle. Right. Exactly. What are you uh, trying to accomplish? Yeah. I mean, that, makes, I, that makes a big difference. Yeah, and I just you know I think it's healthy to have even this conversation. Like entrepreneurship ain't for everybody, and we got to stop looking at it like if you're not an entrepreneurship, you're sucking in life. No, you could be an entrepreneurship. You could be an entrepreneur within your career field. Yeah,
2: Louis is are pretty blessed, and 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 I am not an
0: entrepreneur. Mhm. Mhm. <laughs> and, and, and it's funny because you know over, and I think just knowing you and. Uh, you know how deep we go and just knowing yeah. the path that you have taken probably within the last i don't know what 10, years. May, 10 12 years, ten years, ten years, years it's last been about 10 years. years i've seen you grow within your career and i'm like hmm everybody's not cut out to be an entrepreneur but what you're doing as an yeah. entrepreneur i mean as an entrepreneur within a career in the workforce you've built up a resume that is like yo I, you don't even have to go into your field of engineering, in which you did. You're not even in your field of sort okay. of. Not in your college, your your degree. Yeah, I don't. I don't use it.
2: I mean, it's useful in that I have a four year degree, but mm-hmm. I don't use it. Right, mm-hmm. I don't use it. Hey, if somebody but you, asks you, me to build an electrical circuit, I'm gonna look at them like they got two heads. I can't do
1: it. Sorry, call an electrician. Um, mm-hmm. I can't. Oh,
0: <laughs> <I So>, <laughs> so, and, and you built it, and I think it goes the same for e- anybody, really. Once you find an opportunity, you build upon every opportunity, and opportunities always presents other opportunities, right. and you keep right. on just it's building blocks, building, yeah, building, man. building.
2: Yeah, and I mean it's it's a good point, and I try to take every opportunity to share that with people. I don't i think um especially in the black community we haven't been privy to that any of that mm-hmm. and i truly believe that i've been put in the position i have to be able to share that um to share the blueprint and not that i've arrived there's still things that uh, joy and i want to accomplish in life but i feel like we've been blessed far more far be- far better than we deserve because god's put us uh, in positions to be able to share what, 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 what I've been able to do. I'm, mm-hmm. I'll be the first to admit, I feel like I'm smart, but I'm not that smart. My career is not my own in the sense of I could have done it by myself. I Absolutely. Um, and so, and so when I find out, when I find out something, I'm like, Hey, let me tell you, if I ask you something, i will be like, sure. Let me tell you. I mean, it, and it doesn't matter. I, and I try not to hoard the information, right? Because I realize that it's much better for me to pay it forward and tell somebody or get somebody else the opportunity to hoard it. Well, because if there're more people who are in positions of power and decision making who don't look at skin color, then it'll give us black people more opportunities to be in those positions for sure,
1: and that's the thing that I wanted to say too,' is like I echo what you what you said, like my career is really god ordained too, you know, and I think because if you let
0: would, go because you let go and you let God
1: whatever I can't no, for real, you did I did let go. But and I did let God, they but it's God. how you so I said guess it. He's right. Sometimes it's silly. I guess he's, he's right, well. but you know how he <laughs> said it. You know, no, you it's the package.
2: Give, you don't want to give him no credit when he's silly. I don't blame. You know,
1: it's the package. I don't blame. <laughs> but that is true. But it is true. It's, it's, true. it's like, it's how you package it. Yeah. But yeah. it is, here you go. Don't start that. So for me...
2: I <laughs> don't get in trouble in front
1: of company tears. Don't give I cannot.
0: Trouble in I Please stop. You are no longer company.
1: Like at all. Like this is your brother, and you need to get him together. Okay. <laughs> but for me, I did. It got to a point in my yeah. career where I was like, I'm not pursuing nothing else. Yep. I was yeah. supposed to be an attorney. I was supposed to be yeah. a criminal attorney right now. Right. Uh right. Thurgood Marshall was one of my you know, legal idols, and I was like.
0: Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman.
1: Right. Yeah, but I was like, I'm going to be this awesome criminal uh, attorney, right? But I believe the path... She said
0: Thurgood Marshall for anybody I didn't catch the reference, but go ahead.
1: But for me, my path really was like ordained by God because I never really selected it, you know? So it's like right. everything else has kind of like piggybacked off of one thing and then another thing and another thing and another thing, and, another thing and you become here. So I think that's the other message to people too is like, when certain opportunities come up and you know it's an opportunity lean into the opportunity too because and it may not pay you a million dollars but if you know it's an opportunity that can lead into other opportunities it may be worth you taking that risk and taking that step out there to pursue it and what you talked about was like you don't you don't leave your job based on emotions like okay they didn't got on my nerves i'm out right But it's more of maybe it's time for me to continue to grow and expand in another way. So what other opportunities are going to afford me some different positions that I can continue to expand and grow? And so I think that's what we have to do too. It's like we have to make strategic decisions about how we choose to move in our careers and looking for opportunities and seizing them.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Well, man, thank you so much, bro.
1: You know, this is what we do. We we get in Texas yeah. and sit in the backyard, yeah. and we just talk. With the
0: fireplace top up, on.
2: Top it up for hours.
0: And with a the TV. Fire, with the fireplace on, it's 85 degrees, because Joy would have <laughs>
2: turn it on. <laughs> and pos- possibly a pool in the not-so-distant future. We'll see.
1: Mm. I'm ready. I'm mm. here for it. Bump this COVID.
2: <laughs> ready to fly
0: down there in a heartbeat.
2: We'll see. I got to I got to keep the lovely wife happy. So we'll see. Oh,
3: yeah.
0: You bet. But uh,
2: so. I did want to say, um, you know, I'm not really on social media like that. But if other people do have questions, they can always send me something at Lashawn.Lewis at gmail.com. Because um, as I said before, I'm always willing to help Uh, somebody ask career questions or what have you. Yep. Uh, yeah, definitely. I enjoyed okay. it.
0: Absolutely. Well, you you definitely listen to the podcast because you know that was gonna be my next question.
2: Oh, bro, you already know.
0: You already you hey. already put it out there.
2: I get pro- I get pro- I get prompted, bro. It's 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 a done deal.
0: Yeah, man. So <laughs> uh, I am DJ Doris E. and
1: I'm Maya Dorsey, and Reed. this
0: is Lashawn Lewis at Gmail. Well, you heard him. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna mess it up. That's a shame. Uh, he did just say it real quick. But thank y'all so much for tuning in. Hope this helps somebody. We out
1: until next time. See.